Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, I'm Lovelace Cook. Hi, Lovelace. Thank you so much, as I say to everybody, for taking the time. I really appreciate you finding a spot in your schedule. There are only, I have one question in 37 parts, which is a movie reference. Um, when I asked you <laughs> about podcasting, you said a new lease on life. And then <laughs> so I'm wondering, why do you look at it that way? Did you get evicted or like what happened to the lease that you had? <laughs> well, if you may or may not recall in the spring of 2020, when everything went um, tanked, Kaput. basically, <laughs> right, I was working full time doing COVID outreach for the government. But I was also I do remember in that my first akimbo podcasting workshop. Mm -hmm. So the work was so intense, Craig, it, it was all consuming and took up most of my time, nights, weekends. Um, and it was very difficult for me to get my podcast going. I mean, to really launch it. So it took another year. However, the podcasting gave me a balance in my life where I was exploring my creativity and thinking and writing. And I had this vision of what I was, I wanted to do. So, I mean, I thought about the podcast in the winter of 2019, but when I say podcasting gave me a new lease on life, um, I was so busy with work and podcasting. I don't mind I, I enjoy my own company, so I was at home alone and not suffering through the isolation of mm. COVID. Mm. Was kind of I'm hearing in there a hint of like you've had a calling to do something before you began podcasting, and I'm wondering if there was something particular about podcasting that. You know, sometimes you see something or, or you have an experience and all of a sudden you're like, oh, uh, now I know what I was stuck on. Like the thing that you've been like trying to untie the Gordian knot, then suddenly you, you find something that just makes it really clear how to slice through it. And, and was podcasting somehow a key to solve some thing that you were trying to figure out? It's a part of it. Yeah. The podcast was going to be part of building a brand for myself and mm -hmm. where if we can imagine a wagon wheel where the uh, the person, me, the writer, which is what I do, um, is at the center of the wheel, and the spokes are the podcast, uh, a website, the blog, just uh, so that's that's kind of what that was the goal, and I I that I was prompted to do that. I was. I uh, had been deployed to Mississippi for a disaster to work, and I had a lot of driving to do, and I listened to Joanna Penn's podcasts. And I had already been involved with StoryGrid Publishing, um, with the StoryGrid group, where I was working on revising a novel. But when I heard, I, I don't know, Joanna Penn's podcast just inspired me. I thought, oh, I, I want to do a podcast. And it was a presentation. I wanted to take a presentation called A Literary Journey Through India that I had given in 2018, um, talking about books and people, books I discovered, people I met while traveling through India. And just uh, 
I realized that a, a literary journey through India just wasn't going to cut it. You know, I'm, I come from a communications <laughs> and marketing background, and I needed to come up with a, you know, kind of a sexy name for my podcast. Mm-hmm. And so that it became Bollywood and books. And people said, Bollywood, why are you talking about Bollywood? Well, you know, and then you may, may or may not recall, this is rambling conversation, but in one of our work, one of my many podcasting workshops that in which I was enrolled um, to get to from the, here, there to here, Shannon said, you said Bollywood, but you're not talking about movies. I thought, oh, right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do I know about Bollywood cinema? So then that launched another, a whole nother, just a whole nother, um, well, it jettisoned me Facet, into another, yeah. another world. And I found mm. that I love Bollywood movies. I have been loving watching these hysterical, some of them are just fantastic. I love the actors. The stories have so much heart. They're really just, the Hindi mm. movies, the Bollywood movies are they're great storytellers, but I'll I'll slip back to right now. I am in the writing and community three workshop with the, another Akimbo group because I'm revising the novel that has been the never ending revision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that about novels. <laughs> I'm it's, done. Ha ha ha. No, you're not. It, it is, you know, it started out as it started out as a real journey and notes in journals and, and photographs and, and thank heaven for Scrivener, which helped me organize mm-hmm. a lot of disorganized material. And then uh, it went into a memoir and uh, on a personal note, a kind of a breakup with the my significant other who was who was a Brit um, who had been my travel companion just I thought well you know what this is my story I'm gonna make it fiction and so I switched from I don't mind talking about this but I switched from memoir to let's just go ahead and jazz this story up make and, a novel out of it and make a novel out of it so I have been rewriting that and uh, in the writing and community, WIC three, um, every a couple of times a week, I'm in the right now sessions, which I did this morning. That's when I said I was busy. The for the from nine thirty to ten thirty, I wrote in community, and where we also um, shared with another couple or a couple of people what we were working on, and then right after that, from ten thirty until eleven, we had an out loud session in which I read for five minutes aloud. Mm. The first time I was exhausted. Now I'm becoming much more comfortable reading aloud from my own material. I was surprised because having a podcast, I didn't think it would be any big deal to read aloud from what I'm rewriting. So that's that's kind of, and then after this, at one o'clock, I have a story grid meeting about what's going to happen with the Story Grid Guild next year. And then we've got Seth's group. Seth is doing a three o'clock session for the writing and community group. So it's it's just a busy day. Plus I'm rewriting. And mm. by the way, editing a new 
Hallelujah, a new episode from my podcast. So you're just sitting around doing I'm nothing. Just sitting what? Around, not doing a thing. You I think know, we have identified the problem here. We we have. It's. I thought, but this morning after I finished the hour and a half with my cohort in in week three, I felt so happy. It's been it's been a month, a little over a month since I left the chaos of uh, my job and detoxing from the dysfunction has been a challenge uh, mm. I was tired emotionally physically you mentioned um, the the challenge or the difficulty the physical difficulty of reading um, converting written stuff into spoken and I'm that that's interesting to me I'm Wondering if you have any insight as to why, and and maybe is it because you wrote it? Like, does that make it harder? No, or is it just any written word? No, no. The first, just it was just the first experience when I was the first time I read aloud. When I was reading, reading face to face with a couple of other people, it was just, it was tiring. I don't know why, but it's hmm. not that way anymore. There's there's a level of comfort that has. I, I don't really understand it because I don't mind doing a podcast. I don't mind videoing, and but mm. this was a little different. And at the same time, I real in my writing as I revise, I'm very conscious of trying to to make sure that the sentences are not cumbersome. I'm not a literary writer. I'm writing to entertain. I'm writing in hopes that I can encourage people to change or to open their minds. So I want to make my writing really accessible and have a goal in mind of, of recording it myself to do an audiobook. When you do podcast episodes, are you, are you doing mostly host on mic or are you doing a mostly conversation? Like what's, what's the format that feels most comfortable for you? Well, they both do. It takes a lot more work to do host on mic because I have to write a script and hmm. you know make make it a story. But um, I just finished an interview with a uh, an Indian American author, Veena Rao, with about her book Purple Lotus, which has garnered a lot of awards and and it was a great interview. She's a wonderful person. Um, I do enjoy the writing of, of a podcast and what I've been doing with the podcast where I've done host on mic, I've taken some episodes from my novel and kind of expanded mm. them and to maybe a 10 minute uh, recording. <clears throat> I, my podcast is evolving and it's not what I started out to do. <laughs> well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I think it's just fine. Uh, it's turning into a meeting and finding all these really fascinating um, Indian American authors who uh, I'm fascinated with the cultural differences, the difference between coming from a patriarchal society where there are arranged marriages to the Western culture, which is far more permissive, liberal, and some of the topics of the books. It was not 
In fact, someone asked me, are you writing about this? And I said, no, but some of the topics or the themes of the books have to do with domestic abuse in arranged marriages, which is, and how women overcome the, the difficulties or gain a sense of self-worth after being in abusive marriages. Mm-hmm. That was not intended. My goal I was to really to talk with Indian American authors and, and discuss the differences in in culture and the difficulty in transitioning. If you're if they've come from if their homes in India or they've grown up with uh, the culture that is has been ingrained um, in this patriarchal society where people don't question values, family values, to America and then go back and forth. How is it? What does it, how does it feel and how is it informing their writing? So that's, that's been, there are a couple of authors I'm trying to uh, get to talk with. Hmm. I know you're, sounds like you're just beginning to dive into that, but that begs the question, what are the differences? Like, how does it work for them when they go back and forth between the culture? Like, have you any, have you found any insights into that question, those questions um, at this point? It's, it's early days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Rats. <laughs> it's, I really wish you know that's I'm I'm trying to kind of press for that without in being intrusive because yeah, I'm yeah try to be, be mindful yeah I'm trying to be mindful. There are a couple of people I've talked with and uh, you know just that I'm another Indian American author I'm going to interview, but uh, I can't talk about her novel. So hmm. uh, that's that's going. We're going to talk around around that. <laughs> the elephant in the room. That's always a little hard, but um, it'll be interesting. But she's a, she's an intriguing person. Yeah, I think a lot of the really good work comes out of. I mean, maybe the hurdles or the problems aren't necessarily. You know, oh, let's make this hard for ourselves. They, you know, the challenges are can be real. Like there's an embargo on this thing. We can't talk about it. But a lot of times, when you're forced to create in a smaller box, then well, you get pretty creative. Like, oh, how can we get all this furniture in this tiny room? Like, well, what if we put it on top of each? You know, what if we built a loft and put the bed above the desk? And I think there's an interesting. You're, you're like being set up for success, or you're setting yourself up for success by you know, going straight at this challenging, well, I'm going to talk to these types of people who have these types of books. And I'm guessing by their very nature, they would tend to be a little like to play their cards a little closer to the vest and to to be a little more careful about what they want to say and who they want to say it to. And you're pointing a microphone at me. So I I think, um, I think if you keep at it, just from what I know about you, I think you're going to wind up coming up with some really good lessons and some really interesting material. Well, I will say that uh, in my most recent interview, the Vina told me, you know, that the that an immigrant American, an immigrant who comes to this country expects to fail, and they're going to persist, and that's what she did. She actually started uh, a newsletter, a newspaper. She, the first Indian American woman, or the first mm. Indian woman to start a newspaper outside of India. So, yes, I'm. I'm pressing to try to find that was, you know, that was a difficult transition. She's going back to India today, I think. Uh, And they're going back, people are going back and forth to deal with their, you know, 
deal with family life. issues. <laughs> right. Life, exactly. Yeah. Not when life yeah. gets in the way. Mm. Um, here's a random sounding question for you. Um, if you could <clears throat> um, imagine you wake up tomorrow morning and a miracle has occurred. I, I mean, like you don't have to explain the miracle to me or even tell me what changed. But what I want to know is after the miracle that you're imagining happens, what does the world look like from your point of view after the miracle? Uh, it looks like I'm in Cornwall. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I've been to Cornwall. What, what, what's up with Cornwall? I, I, I think I think I'm um, somewhere around St. Ives. I don't know. Uh, just kind of an arty community and watching the water and um, thinking about Van Morrison and you know, mm. listening to some good music and writing and then um, a beautiful part of the world. And I might mm. be on my way to India pretty soon. Nice. I was that's, just going to say, I think it was Yuval Hari. I might have the name wrong. We said something like, sometimes I see birds in trees and I wonder if they can fly anywhere in the world. Why do they stay in one place? And then I ask myself that same question. So I was just going to say, like, well, why don't you go to Cornwall? But you're clearly already planning on on um, well, adventures in the real world. We hope. Yeah. We hope. <laughs> yeah, I never want to jinx it. I don't want to say like, oh, all was good, and then you know, like, whoops, I got, I'm, I'm sequestered. Like I was around somebody who has subsequently been uh, diagnosed. I haven't been diagnosed, but yeah, well, so wait sure two weeks and then find out. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I'm vaccinated. It's not a, a big deal. But it's like, yeah, you never know. Like one day it's like fine, and the next day it's like, oh, by the way, you were around me on Saturday. Just you know, ah, oh, rats. So we're using um, it as an excuse to go through all the food in the house. <laughs> like, no going outside. Oh, anyway. Well, well, let's see. Far ranging and 18 minutes gone. Um, anything else spring to mind for you in the last couple of minutes? You know, I'm, I feel so grateful for the workshops, for all of the Akimbo uh, workshops, but especially for the people the community, uh, you know, you're my people now. <laughs> Isn't that funny? A bunch of people from all over the world, right? All, all over the world. And same with, in a way, with StoryGrid, but but I think the Akimbo community has a different mission. And, and I've learned so much, This the whole idea of generosity People, I've I've found that people are surprised when I offer something, and then I also, you know, when I when I give without yeah. asking for anything in return, uh, and are people are surprised, and mm -hmm. I also f see how in some instances where I might ask someone for information who's not a part of Akimbo or this group who holds things tightly close to their chest, you know, who yeah. is not like a Knowledge is power. Yeah. Yes. For, can I, I don't want to go over, but can I share just one thing? Sure. There's can. a, there's a very good, there's a very good podcaster and she's an audiobook narrator and her son built her a, a sound booth. Um, she was a journalist. She has a very, very nice little Newman you know, microphone and everything is very 
clever. We started our podcast right about the same time, and I wanted to ask her for just some tips. And basically, she told me to podcast under a blanket. <laughs> and I, I looked at, you know, on Audible, I mean, I looked at her reel to see her demo reel because I want to learn how to do audio recording. Mm-hmm. And she's an audiobook narrator as well. And I thought, oh, well, look at her equipment. Look at her reel. You know, this was not, <laughs> this was real easy to have said, well, just take a look at my reel. Or this is the equipment I have. This is what my son did for me. But, you know, get under a blanket. I mean, I may be exaggerating <laughs> yeah. to some degree, but yeah, that's the people, way it came up. People do that. I, I have people do record podcasts under a blanket. And if anybody's listening going, what? It turns out that a lot of the junky noise comes from the rest of your room, the sound of your voice going to the left or bouncing off right. your computer and then getting to the mic. So if you, if you go under a blanket, it cuts down a lot of the room noise, but it's also hot and sweaty and uncomfortable and stuff. So oh, I, yeah, there are I, lots of tips, but I understood the, the tip. I just thought it was insulting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there's there are so many. I, I'm the other way. She, people ask me. Oh no, it was yeah, just people clear ask me questions, did. and I'm like, here's 83 rabbit holes, and then they're like, oh, stop, Craig, that's too much. So yeah, I, yeah, no, everybody's different. All right. Well, as much as I hate to say it, um, Lovelace, I think that's a good place to stop. Thanks Thank for taking the time. It's my pleasure to have you for a little chat today. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate your taking the time.